Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insight Series. I'm your host, Jeff Petowitz, President and CEO of the, of the Petowitz Group. Today as our guest, we have Ryan George, who is Assistant Vice President for Marketing and Communications for First Global. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, you bet, it's a pleasure. So uh, real quick, First Global, give us a little perspective on what you guys do. Sure. So uh, First Global is uh, an independent wealth management partner to CPA firms. So uh, what we traditionally do is work with uh, CPA firms and accountants and um, that have successful businesses on their own right and then help them build a wealth management unit within that business uh, to help uh, increase revenue and uh, add some revenue streams and expand their uh, the services that they offer to their clients. And uh, you guys have been doing this for a while. Have you found that the industry is, is changing or being disrupted? Sure. Um, I think there's, uh, we have been doing this for a while. So our company has been in business for 27 years. Um, I do think there are some key drivers that are uh, two things that are really helping sort of the increase in interest uh, in this type of work from the accounting space. The first is uh, the 2017 tax law uh, that changed some tax code and sort of took some work and some of uh, that was going on with CPAs and actually um, has changed the position, and I'm going to I'll rephrase that a little bit. So, no um, the two big reasons I think, um, two big catalysts are the changes in tax law and also the demographics of the financial services industry. Um, the first is the changes in the tax law, and that what that has done is really helped drive the American consumer to seek more um, tax-focused investment advice. So, we did a survey last year um, following the announcement of um, of the, the changes in the tax code, and we found that that was the number one uh, tax sort of tax-optimized advice is one of the number one thing Americans were looking for um, in, in their financial advice. The second one is um, there are likely more people needing financial advice than there are people to deliver it. And so um, there's a natural void that's being filled by other areas um, that than the traditional financial advisor, and one of them is um, the accounting and CPA space. That's fascinating. So that's kind of a corollary to lawyers, right? Don't they always say there are more lawyers in law school than there are lawyers actually practicing? So I guess financial advisors have the opposite problem. Uh, yeah, the, the demographics of the financial advisors, they, they tend to skew in sort of the mid-50s to, um, to a little bit older. They tend to be uh, historically male, uh, where the accounting space, the, the demographics, um, especially with the younger generations, are much more female, which much more match. Uh, the sort of typical client profile that's out there that helps a lot. There's also, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, there's some strategic and so, so some structural changes that are happening in the accounting space with technology, like um, uh, AI technology and other automation is ha is taking away some revenue streams or some opportunities for revenue streams within the accounting space. So that's also driving some people to look for more what we call value-added services, and um, uh, wealth management happens to be one of those. Interesting. So you, you uh, just hit on a number of topics. You went through personas, you went through digital transformation, uh, rapid fire. So let's see if we can take uh, one at a time. So sure. tell us a little bit more about this customer. Say so you've got this dichotomy um, so of, of who your customer is. How is that changing? And how, so your customer is the accounting firm and you're helping them set up. How are you helping them become more customer centric? Sure. So um, yeah, you're right. We are in what we call the business to business space. So uh, we actually don't deal um, very much at all with the end client or the average investor. We help set up the um, the financial advisor and the, uh, the CPA, uh, CPA financial advisor to do so. So uh, we're doing a handful of things to sort of help them uh, rapidly change their business. So um, we have a full-on consulting group uh, that's a part, big part of our area that really does a lot of sort of analysis of um, 
business practices and an analysis of the client book to see, well, what business practices can we adopt or can we adopt a marketing plan? Do we need to rebrand our firm um, and all of the above? Do we need to hire a junior financial advisor? Um, you know, sort of how they can optimize their practice in that regard. Then we also have um, a wealth management consulting group um, that sits down the hall for me and they help really sort of in the business with the financial advisor. So when it actually comes together, putting uh, a portfolio option together or handling a, a comprehensive financial planning case. Uh, and then what my group does is really tries to provide them with um, the, the tools and capabilities to help get them in front of clients and prospects, whether it's ongoing communication, whether it's learning and, and training and adopting um, these sort of new wave of communication tools or really just becoming efficient at using it. So those are sort of all the ways that really help um, help try to drive growth within our firms. So, you know, accounting, professional services, I'm in professional services in my career. It's such a relationship-driven business. And um, But you mentioned that technology is being disruptive, right? It's taking away revenue streams because I guess newer generations can get some of the things without engaging with a person. So how is that changing the dynamic? Sure. So I think the dynamic is for the people who are open to change and innovation, I actually think it's one of the biggest opportunities they've ever had. The reason for that is um, that technology can automate things that they never really liked to do or never really um, provided the most value in doing so. And so by using technology to leverage some of those things, it actually frees up the time to provide more sort of higher level thinking, more complex problem solving that you need the human to do. So you'll still need the human to sort of do these things to build a relationship with clients. The challenge is um, how the advisor or how CPA or how any professional services person is how effective they are with that additional time. So just by taking the responsibilities away doesn't necessarily make them more effective. It just creates the opportunity to do so. Interesting. So do you have some examples of some of your clients that are taking advantage of the opportunity to be disruptive? Sure. So I think there's a handful of firms that are really adopting. Um, I'll take financial planning, for instance, is uh, what we call sort of fee-based financial planning is, is a big part of a big growing trend within the industry. And I think uh, we have a handful of firms that are really strongly adopting uh, sort of financial planning tools and putting them at the center of the client relationship. Um, so one of them is a tool that we use called eMoney, uh, which is a popular tool within the in industry space. There's another tool called Money Guide Pro. Um, that's another popular tool that we use, and we coach our firms on how to do so. And they're really um, they're using that to sort of be the center of the client experience and house all the data for the clients and where a client can have continual access. Another thing that our um, that our teams help our firms with is really implement CRM practices within the firm. So that's something that we've seen a lot of uplift of. We can look at data and say a firm that has implemented a CRM versus a firm that has not, and sort of how efficient the one that has are as far as continuing to get. Clients keep clients satisfied, continuing to provide ongoing communication with the client and continuing to run their business efficiently um, by really leveraging that, that CRM. Interesting. So now <clears throat> you know your audience, um, but has your job changed over the last few years? Are you needing to do different things to, to reach your customers? Sure. I think it's always um, reaching any audience these days is probably harder than um, I would like it to be as a marketer. Part of that is noise. There's just so much noise in the marketplace um, with so many people trying to get in touch with, um, you know, clients like ours, right? So that's not only necessarily a competitor of ours, but somebody trying to sell a similar service or trying to, you know, some other professional service person. So I think that that is an ongoing challenge is just people's attention. The second one is time. So we've tried different, um, I would say best of breed, sort of best practice marketing techniques like webinars is a perfect example. And what we found is, 
we had a good platform, we had good content, we had good speakers, but we just it was difficult to find the right time for somebody to be able to get, provide us with an hour um, of their time at a specific time or even even on demand uh, to engage with us for full hours. So what we try to do is figure out ways to um, you know provide important content as efficiently and as quickly as possible so that we're um, you know not not stealing too much time away from their business because that you know, that's important to them as well. Okay. So are they asking, are your customers asking you for things that you don't yet provide? Are they asking you to change your approach or how you're delivering your service? Um, yes and no. So we have really good customers who really try to stay on the, the cutting edge of things. And I think we do a good job of listening to our customers um, and, ask, and asking them for feedback. So we have a, a, talking about the customer experience, we run a biannual, what we call Voice of the Advisor Survey. Uh, that's a map survey that it provides all it's a satisfaction on all different areas of our business. And we then take that data um, and input it into our systems and analyze it to figure out, well, where do we need to improve? And so um, the benefit of our advisors is where there's an, an area we need to improve, we often, um, you know, they'll tell us exactly what needs to be improved, and then we'll look at ways of doing so. The challenge with, you know, talking about technology is um, we, we found if you push too much technology and too much change into the business practice and the, and the processes, too quickly, um, it actually damages efficiency. It damages the productivity of the firm because they're having to spend their time learning the new tools and learning how to run their business with the new tools. Even if the tool, um, it, it's sort of tool agnostic. Even if the, the tool of resource or capability is awesome, um, there's just going to take time to learn it. So really, change is a constant, but it's got to be consumed, I guess, in a rational or, or pragmatic manner. Yeah, we try to take the incremental approach and, and try to figure out ways that. Hey, well, don't adopt everything at once, so systematize it and adopt CRM first, and then adopt sort of uh, some broader marketing campaigns, and then adopt, you know, just how we can incrementalize the work so that you're not overhauling exactly everything you do at once. So given all the changes, though, um, talk at a high level, I guess, when an accounting firm gets it wrong, you know, when they're not customer-centric or they miss, what are the things that they're doing that they shouldn't be doing? So I, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges, and the way I'll sort of flip it is, by not innovating and not adapting some ch some change, they may not feel it today. Um, but as time goes by, they'll start to see a sort of sloughed erosion in, in revenue streams that I think, um, well, then they could wait too long for it to be too late before they can make a change. So they can so they can lose a client or two, or they can even lose an entire you know revenue source. Um, and a lot of it has to just be if they're they don't want to be leading edge, but they also don't need to be so far behind that they're slow slow to adopt. And I think as a you know, a wealth management service provider and partner to our firms, it's really incumbent upon us to help push them along uh, and help them adopt, um, you know, as many best practices as they can within their firm that, you know, won't overwhelm the firm, uh, but to keep them and not only identify what those best practices are, but then help guide them um, in, in, in putting them in place. So if a firm's doing well, though, how do you convince them that they should be doing something if they, they could say, hey, look, our balance sheet is good, our EBIT is good, we're performing, sure. we've got recurring clients, why, why do we even need to do this? So, sure, that, that conversation is different. I think sometimes um, our sales cycle can literally be anything from a couple of months to, you know, we have one firm that we've been talking to for over 15 years. And the reason for that is just trying to find the right opportunity um, with the type of services right, that we sell. A 15-year sales cycle? Yeah, yeah, wow, we're still working. <laughs> we're still working on them. It's, you know, there's been periods of you know two or three years in there where it's been quiet. Um, but you know, specifically working with accounting firms, you know, the, you may have a partner group change where the dynamics within the partner ownership change, and where um, some people use, may used to not like that wealth management business, now they do. 
So that's one thing. There could just be an overall transition in the firm where they did lose a big client or they did lose a big revenue stream in there, or they've 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 started to see a declining growth and want to do something about it. So a lot of um, the way that our business development team really helps recruit is just being there when the right opportunity strikes, whether it's external, like we talked about with the tax cuts, or if it's something um, internal within the firm that really is driving them to um, look up, look at different opportunities. Interesting. So tell us a little bit about your team. Um, how big is it? How How is it structured? What do they do? Sure. So uh, we have a marketing events and communications group is, the, is what we um, sort of oversee in my particular area. Uh, we have 17 people that are very diversified in the skills they do. So we have a market research team that does um, some proprietary research on the marketplace, like uh, that study that I mentioned earlier. Uh, we also um, have a we, we have pretty strong intelligence on our marketplace, meaning we um, have a strong database of possible prospects and firms that we have gathered over the um, um, we have gathered over the years that we know exactly um, who those firms are, where they're located, who the leaders are. And we can contact them. Um, so that's one big area. Um, our events team, um, I, I, they, they oversee our large events, but they also do a lot for the firm. They basically, I'd call them probably a better name is our events and experiences team. Um, and they really make sure that anytime that somebody's in engaging with us, uh, whether it's a prospect or whether it's a financial advisor, we're offering sort of the most optimal experience or the best experience that they could have, whether it's you know something large like a national conference that we have each year or even something as small as um, a visit, a prospect visit to our office um, to make sure that, that that meeting runs smoothly. And then the last one is our um, communications and marketing group, which really um, they do lots of work. They do a lot of heavy lifting on making sure that our advisors are communicated with on a consistent basis. And we're also, um, you know, uh, delivering updated and ongoing tools um, for our, our, our affiliated groups to um, to grow with. And how is your team measured overall? What kind of KPIs do they have? Sure. So we have a handful of KPIs. So we have, uh, you know, overall advisor satisfaction with our tools. So that's one metric that we follow. So that's something I'm probably most proud of. When I took over the group, we were one of the lowest rated ones in the group. Um, two years later, we're now one of the highest rated groups in the company. Um, and that's really just based on the hard work that the team does each day to help deliver service. And, and it's really driven by listening, um, listening to what our clients are asking for. And then figuring out ways to deliver it, and I think that that's just by listening we've been able to to turn those scores around. Um, we also, I failed to mention, we are in charge of um, helping our recruiting team uh, attract leads, qualified leads into the business, whether through advertising, through outbound marketing, through trade shows and events. Um, and that's a metric. So year over year, I was proud of the campaign we put together last year. We were up 100% from the previous year, um, and and bringing qualified leads into the what we call discovery. So it's being from a cold lead into, I'm interested in learning more. I'm interested in, in figuring out if this is a good fit. Um, and so having that level of increase year over year is something that has been really good for us. And then we're also, you know, we have we try to be budget conscious. We try to um, for our events, we measure, you know, rolling attendance, uh, satisfaction with the events. So we have a, you know, depending on the vertical, we have all sorts of KPIs. Excellent. So uh, in closing, uh, where do you see the industry a year or two from now? Sure. I think the financial services industry in general is one that's probably in more disruption than most um, because of, you know, there's demographic trends that are impacting the business and the device delivery. There's diversity trends um, that the financial advice industry is needing to adapt and change to, whether it's delivering, um, you know, services to women, um, women clients are also even bringing in more women advisors into the business. 
There's also the technology challenge. Um, younger clients are demanding that advisors and their businesses be more tech savvy. Um, trying to narrow that balance between leveraging technology and showing that you're tech savvy, but also having that face-to-face -face presence so you can build that strong relationship with the client, I think is one of the biggest things. And then um, probably the biggest challenge that our firms and firms across the industry need to work with is um, client data. And how do you effectively leverage client data to drive insights within where you need to put your resources, where you need to market yourselves, what, what clients um, fit a profile that possibly or be good prospects for this type of service, but maybe aren't in that service today, all those sorts of things. And that's what we're spending our time on is trying to figure out how we can coach them um, to better, um, you know, better taking a data analysis approach um, to their firm so that they can make more, um, make more targeted decisions with their resources, which are generally limited, and also make sure that they can get the drive the, the most ROI from doing so. Fantastic. Well, uh, great to see all the success you're having at First Global. Uh, really cool business that you're in. And uh, wish you all the success uh, as you continue to build your team. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Great to speak with you. You bet. Thanks, Ryan.